Good morning, everybody. So it's just so amazing, really, to be uh, standing here this morning. And uh, as I share the message, I'm sure you're going to understand why. Um, as most of you have been experiencing over this last period, we as a church, uh, and Piet has been preaching out of the book of Philippians. And uh, he's been specifically speaking out of the themes of the, in, in chapter 1. And, um, you know, he started by sharing that this specific letter that Paul writes to the the church in Philippi was not addressed to address doctrinal issues. It was not to address moral issues. It was, it was completely different, and that already had our, our hearts and minds kind of focused. And what really struck me is how amazing God is as we've picked this theme prior to knowing what was going to take place over these periods and how the Lord has, has shared and encouraged us with His Word over these weeks as we started dealing with everything that was just happening. And I really encourage you, if you haven't heard some of those messages, take the time to just uh, spend that half an hour to go through and just listen to those on, on, online. They're, they're really what the Lord has given us to encourage us in this time. And the themes that, that Peter shared is about living together in peace as a community, supporting one another. And of course, having the reality of knowing that you cannot do this in, 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 in a normal way. The only way is through the power and the truth of the gospel. And uh, I really want to encourage you to, to take the time because I just was so blessed to know that, Lord, you're so ahead of us and you, you're looking after us. And so I have this privilege of continuing and uh, continuing in the same book. I'm starting in chapter 2 of Philippians from verses 1 to verse 8. And um, just to share that this, this specific passage is going to challenge all of us sitting here this morning and everybody online. And I'm trusting that the Lord would really prepare our hearts to receive this word and to see God's way in how we are supposed to apply this in our lives today. So let me, let me first read for you from verses one to verse eight from chapter two. And this is, this is what Paul is writing to the church. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, have the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking into your own interests, but, each's, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, but taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the death, even death on the cross. Friends, when I was... When I said to Piet, I'd, I'd, I'll be able to share the message in, in about two weeks' time. And I started reading this for the first time. I want to be very honest with you. Um, I was dis discouraged. I, uh, as things were unfolding with the conflict in Ukraine, um, and my natural thoughts were personal thoughts. Lord, what about my family? What should I do? Thinking of friends that we know, people that we love. It was all, and, and then being involved in, in, in the discussions with people at work as we were affected by this, 
and, and all the logical and personal thoughts that were crossing through my mind, this scripture, I found the Holy Spirit was just reminding me of it. Verses three and four, where the Lord says, do nothing out of self-ambition or vain conceit. Not looking at your own interest, but each of you to, to, to the interest of the, to the others. I, I really wrestled with this. I really wrestled with how, Lord, how can I do that? I just want to protect. And now I've got to preach on this. It wasn't easy for me, friends. The question is, how do I come from where I was at to standing here on the stage and excited to share the word? And, and this is how I want to encourage you. Because this is what God does. In my case, what I did was I made time in the mornings to read the Holy Word of God, to just take my daily devotions with an intent of asking God to show me His way because my heart is, is experiencing another way. And when I read this Word, it already seems so challenging to me. And as I was reading about what Moses was doing as he was fellowshipping with the Lord, as, as Piet just also just quoted again, reading the Psalms of how David was, 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 was being honest with the Lord in these kind of situations. And of course, just seeing Jesus speak to me in the Gospels. I got encouraged. I started seeing God's way. And it filled me with a sense of, Lord, you have hope for us in this situation. And that is why this, this passage is quite actually amazing. When you start revealing to yourselves, and as I, as I hope I can share it with all of us. So yes, and if in summary, just in summary about this, this passage, this passage is about all of us and how we can be like Jesus. What a statement, a challenging statement. But we have to look in the eyes of how Jesus shows us how he lived and what he did. Um, when you look at this passage from that viewpoint, you see from a sense of Jesus how he didn't have his own interests at heart, but he had the interest of the heavenly father at heart. And in order for him to do that, in order for him to live for his father, he had to make a decision and made a choice to give up what is actually his, to give up his own rights. For many of you, you might be thinking, all right, what was Jesus' rights? Jesus, the Son of God, had rights. God, the Son, we read this in, 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 in the first, uh, in verse six, if I can get that up there, Nick. Verse six says, verse six, uh, I don't think it's too up. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In that sentence alone, we see that Jesus, who had all the authority, all the glory, did not count it to his advantage, but he did something and gave it up, and he gave it up in such an incredible way. He gave it, gave it up to become nothing. We see in verse seven, it says, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, by being made in human likeness. I started, when I read this part, and I started reflecting on it, um, I realized I've got to get this across to myself and to everybody. So, um, I need some help. I'm going to ask, is Aaron still in the, in the church? 
Please come and join me, Aaron. I just picked the biggest guy I know. <laughs> so, Aaron, if you could um, grab this, you need to say something shortly. Um, so, uh, what I have in this little glass jar is what in Scotland we call a midgey. In the US we call no seams. Um, in Australia we call them sandflies. And in South Africa we call them michies. Now, Aaron, you'll see this guy's not very happy. He's been in there for a day or so. I promised him to let him go after this. So, um, what do we call him in Wales? Well, they're not as dangerous as the Scottish midges, but Gwibetin. Uh, okay, I'm not even going to try and say that. But um, here's the image I want us all to kind of have. Is, Aaron, can you imagine if you had the power to be transformed from everything you are as a friend, an incredible husband, a son of God, into a midget, just hold him there. Just don't let him out yet. He's got a, he's got a prod to play. Uh-huh. Can you imagine everything you would have given up? There would be no benefit for you to change everything that you are if it was possible to become a little midgy. And for all of us, if he did that so that he could speak to other little midges, that he could relate to other little midges, everything he'd given up for for that purpose. The, the example that I'm trying to show with this, of course this is in magnitudes much smaller than an awesome God who breathed the galaxies into existence, but the reality of this little midgy becoming able to relate to the rest of the world and everything that he humbled himself to relate to you and me. Aaron, that is all I needed, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> If anybody wants to know how I got a midget in a glass bowl, we'll talk about that over coffee. It started out as an ant, but I couldn't find one in the frozen, frozen ground. But, but seriously, what, what I'm trying to share here is, this is a reality that Christ did for us, that he shared with us as Paul writes this to us. Um, he gave up his rights his, his, his rights for, that, he, that he was entitled to. He gave up something for himself and so that we could get, get more of him. He gave up all his glory so that we could experience his glory. He gave up everything that he had so that he could relate to you and me. That is what God did for us. And with this truth, this is, this is exactly what Peter's been preaching about. This, this gospel truth that is staring at me in this little glass vase. The truth of, of what I'm trying to just show you is revealed to all of us right now. Right now you've experienced a, a revelation moment of what God has done for us. And for me personally, when I, as a, as a young guy, realized when I heard God's word, and I heard that this man that came down to earth was God. And I believed that, that that was not man. And I trusted that he is who he says he is, although he was man. My life has never been the same again. I am freed as we've been singing because of what God did for me. And not only did he do that, we'll read about this. We've just read about this. 
that he died on the cross for you and me. He was risen again for, for you and me. And he's shown us as an example. And, and it's that reality that just settles in my heart that I realize, wow, this is the truth of how, the, how Paul and how Jesus can speak to us and call us to something completely different. And that got me excited when I started preparing this word. Um, what we notice then is that basically Paul says, if you have, and he does it very beautifully and very elegantly, he uses an if and, and then statement. So he says this beautiful thing and it starts in, in verse one where he says, if you remember what you've experienced because you are a Christian, then I encourage you to do something. And he uses a few beautiful illustrations. I'm gonna quickly just outline them in, in, in two or three minutes. The first one is that he says, if you can remember personally what it was like, what it is like to have that union with Christ, when you think back of before, the way you were fearful and the way you were scared of life, the way you were trying to deal things in your own strength, if you can remember that unity in Christ, be encouraged. He uses another example, and he says, if you can remember the extraordinary comfort and the contentment that comes from the love of God, be encouraged. He says, another one, he says, if you can remember how amazing it is to experience the compassion and tenderness, the grace, the joy, and the sense of God forgiving our sins, as we just shared in communion this morning, then you can celebrate with us, and then you can do what he's asking us to do. It's these moments that the writer, uh, Paul is writing to the church to say, just remember those things. And if you can remember that, because I know you can, then I wanna charge you with making this decision. And it's a decision we all need to make. And I find myself then saying, as I just remembered those specific moments, I felt the Lord was just saying, but my, my son, this is not the only ones. Think of, think of us here at this church. Think of what we experienced last Tuesday when we as a church got together and prayed over Zoom for everything that was happening in Ukraine. Then my heart was just flooded with, with a sense of these are real moments now that I'm experiencing unity, a, a, a community in one spirit. Thinking back on the last Thursday, the Thursday before, where we were praying together here and on Zoom, having our Russian friends praying for their country and praying for one another with us. That was one in spirit, friends. As the Lord reminded me of these moments, I could then face the challenge that Paul is putting towards the church and the community in Philippi and you and me today. And he says this um, when he says in verse two, I think if you can have it up here, thanks, uh, thanks Nick. He says, you will make my joy complete. You will give me joy if you remember all of that, if you respond in this way. And this is the challenge is what he says. You'll make my joy complete in the words that he says. Then you'll make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. He is describing to us a definition of what it means to be in community, one in spirit. He's describing to us what we as a church should long for every single day. And that is really exciting for me. And <clears throat> the question about unity is, we need to understand unity is a special thing. Just unity in general, 
Um, I wrote this down. And unity comes from the inside. It is fed by something that we desire or love, which guides us to cooperate together, to be a team player, and have the same team kind of spirit, um, and have the same objectives. You can apply that to Manchester United. You can apply that to teams in general. But there's something very special when you want to apply that to the community of believers. And that's what God is speaking to us. And that's what Paul is speaking to us as well through the Lord right now to us. Amen. And the thing that is important, and it's, and it's real, we know in our worldly ways, in the worldly things that we do, that unity and teams, when we're working together or when we are playing sport, it's a, it's a great thing when it works. But on the flip side, it is a, really a terrible place to be when you send somebody that is completely just unraveling what the team's goal and objective should be, the sense of anxiety, that sense of frustration. A lot of us know what that's like in the world that we live in when we get up in the morning and go to work. But what Paul is saying to us here is, this is God's way. Let me show you what, how, how Jesus shows us how to do this. And specifically, um, he says it this way, and he says, <clears throat> excuse me, he says uh, in verse six, sorry, I just want to say this before I go there. And it, it, it's something that doesn't come naturally. We need to know that. As I experienced it when I shared in the beginning of the message, when, when, I, when I was dealing with this reality, when this truth, when I read this truth, naturally, when I thought of, 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 of the, it was me personally, I was, it's hard for us as individuals to put ourselves second. It's just not natural. It's hard. But we can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's only when we do this, and it takes an act, friends. It really takes an act of obedience. It takes a step, an act of obedience, but it takes us submitting to the Lord and seeking His face and asking, Holy Spirit, today I need you to fill me because if you want me to do this, Everything inside me says, put me first. And it, and it requires us to be in that space of surrendering to the Lord and asking him, Lord, fill me with your spirit so that I can be what I know you want me to be. And <clears throat> in that sense, exactly, Paul then charges them and says, this is what it, what you, what it should do practically. I thought of, I read a lot of different examples of people that were sharing on this topic of, of self-denial in Christ. Um, and there's some amazing things out there. And if you want to look that up, I just had one specific one that kind of rested with me, and I'd like to share it. It's a guy by the name of Richard Foster. And, and he speaks about the freedom Jesus gives in true self-denial. And he makes this quote, and he says, in submission, we are free to value other people. And I thought, oh, that makes sense. And then he adds, the dreams and the plans become important to us. Their dreams and plans become important to us. We have entered into a new and wonderful, glorious freedom. The freedom to give up our own rights for the good of others. What he's saying to us, when we're able to do this, there's a joy that comes from experience of seeing other people's needs, needs met. And then Paul says this so beautifully. He says, this is how you practically can do this. Um, he says in verse four, he says, not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. We should value the interests of other people above our own interests. It's a practical thing. 
that we can do on a daily basis in small ways and big ways. It requires us to say, Lord, help me, because that guy, I don't want to think of his needs right now. But it's something you can do in Christ. And that is a reality of what it means to do this in community. And it's a reality that we, will, that we can do it as individuals. And that was encouraging for me because I sensed it happening in our lives. I sensed it as we've decided to do that um, over these last two weeks. As we felt as a church that we're going to deny ourselves today for the next 48 hours. And we're going to pray. We're going we're to use those moments to cry out to the Lord for the needs of others, for the peace in Europe, for all that is happening in and around Ukraine. Friends, in those moments when it's going to be tough, you are going to be doing this if you join us in this. And this is community. This is, this is doing this in, in practice. And I just love God for preparing us for this. Um, and that we can be with one another in this space. And I thought just in closing, I'd like to just go back to the example where Paul really got this teaching from. It's when Jesus shares this with us. It's found in, in Luke. Uh, it's also found in other, but in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 25, and I'd like to read that. And, um, and just close with that. Then Jesus said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their lives will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it if someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Jesus is teaching that to us today. And where's my midget? <laughs> Jesus' decision to leave heaven in order so that he could show us God. In order that he could bring us to the point of realizing all that God does and is, and then even to die on the cross for us, for our sins. Reduce himself to that, humble himself to nothing. This is the example that our Lord shows us. He has done nothing that we would not have, that he hasn't faced already. And he's calling us into that kind of heart attitude so that we can be like Jesus in our character. Um, when we, in, 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 in our character, in everything we do. Um, I've written down here that um, he's, we're able then to express him and, and, and be him in places for people through expressing his character. You're called to love. You're called to live for God and for other people. And as you give yourselves away, God will take care of your life. The teachings of Jesus is radical and revolutionary. And this is the challenge that Paul puts before the church of Philippi, the community of Philippi, and we as a community of God are faced with that same challenge right now in the things we are facing. When we as a body of Christ here at Lift are able to do that self-denial by being there for others, comforting them, just walking alongside them, loving them, being compassionate, can you just imagine how many people it, that we will touch and give hope in this desperate time? Friends, please stand as I, as I pray for us now. Um, 
Really, let's take up our cross daily. Make time with the Lord daily with his holy word in his presence and trust that the Holy Spirit will enable you to be this for many. <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've, you've ministered to us this morning. Lord, we declare, Lord, that we want to die to self we want to put others in front of us, Lord. We declare, Lord, that it's hard to do that, but we trust in you, Holy Father. As we come to you this morning as a church, we pray, Father, that you would give us the courage in the hard times to do exactly this, Lord. To know that as we die to self, you will take care of us. Yes. And that you, your gospel will be reaching more people because of the way that we respond in these moments. Lord, I ask, Lord, as a church and as individuals, as we think of others in this time, in this next 48 hours, Lord, we will see revelations of, of people and places that we can pray for. I ask you, Lord, that this will be a real community sense of being one in spirit. And I ask, Father, that this would not end here, that we would continue living this, this truth, that it would be part of our lives. And we pray this, that we would have the faith to do this in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that we give our lives to you, Lord, and we declare that, your, that our lives will be in fullness because you reign and we love you in Jesus' name. And Father, just even in this moment, Lord, I know that there's peoples that have, that have experienced you as this truth of who you are has been just breaking into their lives as they've seen this little midget and understood in a part who you are and what you have done and who you will always be. Father, I pray for those people in this moment. And Lord, I ask right now in the church as well, if there's people that have seen you in this light for the first time, I want you to, to, to just, even if you raise your hand, I'd like to know that I can, myself and Piet can journey with you. And, and, and please know that, that this is the God who loves you. Yes. So that I could pray with you specifically. If there's anybody in the church it will be a great privilege for me and Pierre to pray with you and to start this journey with you. For all of those online, I'm trusting that the Lord has spoken to you specifically yes. and I'd like to pray this prayer. I don't wanna lose this moment. And I say, Father, that you would just meet those people that have realized the truth and the power of knowing that God loves me, that he's humbled himself for me and he's spoken to me, he's revealed himself to me, and I believe that you are who you say you are, the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and I surrender my life to you in this moment, and I ask you, Lord, that you would help me to tell others in this day of what you've done in my life, and I ask, Father, that that person or that lady or that, that young person, that you would surround them with people, that they would be able to see the church in, in action, Lord. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.